Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another new edition of Raps on TV Boxing News. We're not only live this time, guys, we're live streaming as well. It's been a while uh, with a few things in the background, but we're back with a bang with a jam-packed content flowing agenda for this week's heavyweight showdown between WBC King Deontay Wilder, the bomber, and lineal heavyweight champion, the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. I'm joined as always in the studio with my two King co-hosts, Kojo and Tom. How are you both doing, guys? Long time. Bob Squad! Bob Squad! Yeah, doing good, Anam. Uh, it's good to see you back. Good to take things to the next level now. I mean, we were talking 2018's been a good year for boxing, but Raps on TV back again. 2019 is the year, and uh, just looking to take things now to uh, the next level. So, um, yeah, it's going to be another stat weekend, uh, obviously with the big heavyweight showdown between Wilder and Fury at the uh, Staples Centre in L.A., and we've also got Adonis Stevenson defending his WBC title against unbeaten Ukrainian Gradovic uh, for the uh, light heavyweight uh, belt. So, yeah, great week of boxing. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to recap a few things from the weekend. Yes, guys, I'm back again. Everyone's here in the building. Uh, it's been a busy weekend that we got to look forward to. Um, last weekend, Tom and myself went to one of the events called This Is Boxing, a great new concept which took place down in the York Hall. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, but really looking forward to this weekend. Um, don't forget, guys, if you want to give us your opinion, uh, let us know your thoughts, ask us any questions. The key number to call is 01506-243-403. Boom, guys, in it's all you. So, guys, you know, you went to this uh, uh, event this weekend at your call where they saw, like, combined grime music, drill music with... Uh, boxing, how did it go? How was the concept? Good time, good boxers on the show. Yeah, like you said, there it kind of incorporated that uh, music element. Um, yeah, the boxing was good, a uh, white collar event, so we didn't expect it to be, you know, uh, guts galore, uh, blood, sweat, tears. But the boxers on the night uh, produced the goods, and uh, yeah, credit goes to this is boxing, a great concept. Uh, it was their third season down at York Hall, uh, got some uh, massive signature artists from the uh, grime industry, the likes of Quail Clinch. Uh, performing so yeah me and coach went down uh got speaking to a few of the uh the pros down there uh, chris congo isaac chamberlain and a few others so yeah great night of boxing and am and uh yeah looking to roll on for this weekend yeah no it really was a good event um really interesting interesting to see the crowd um for a white collar event that took place at york hall i was surprised at the capacity and how many people were there um i think it was a good energy you know you had spencer fearing who was the host and the compare um, a lot of local guys showing their sport, as, as Tom would have said, from your Chamberlains, Pester Juniors. So a man like Tom was very, very busy on the night uh, getting all the interviews, which I will say are up on our YouTube channel, so please subscribe and watch those. Um, but yeah, it was a good event and a, and a good way to get into fight week, as they would say. So anyway, guys, we got a huge, huge clash this weekend. As uh, you know, it's one of the fight for the ages over in, over in L.A., the last time there was such a fight of this magnitude in the same arena was when uh, Lennox Lewis fought with uh, Klitschko, the older one. So it's one of those mega, mega fights for the ages. Gypsy King, Tyson Fury taking on the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. And someone's all has to go. Um, <coughs> guys, let's, let's, let's break this down. How do you think it's going to go, guys? Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a great uh, fight. I don't think it's going to be the explosive fight that everyone's thinking about uh, the early rounds. I think it's going to be a more of a tactical affair. Wilder's going to show something I don't think uh, a lot of people from the uh, wider boxing fraternity have seen before. Um, like we were saying off camera um, about his uh, 
technical ability is ta- being a tactician and lining up that one shot, uh, that looping right hand that he's got, um, kind of goes underappreciated a bit. And uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm slightly edging towards Wilder. Um, you know, I'm a massive Fury fan. I want him to pull it off, but my head's telling me that Wilder's going to, down the stretch, possibly between six and nine. Uh, Fury's never competed um, at that level for two and a half years now. It's been a two and a half year layoff uh, last time against Klitschko. And um, I think, in a way, the win against Klitschko has been overrated uh, quite a bit since then. Obviously, he has had uh, commitments elsewhere, but um, Wilder's the fresher, the more um, momentum's with him. So I think in terms of that, um, those variables, I think Wilder's uh, in the ascendancy for Saturday night. And uh, if we can get the opinion from the biggest Deontay Wilder fan this side of the Atlantic and within this, uh, within the M25, Mr. Kojo, M1, one, uh, within the M1, what is your views? <coughs> I mean, a bomb squad as well. Uh, mate, I'm, I've got a bit of the sniffles, but I'm going to do my best. Bomb squad! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen Kenny jump out of his skin just there, so it means I've done a good job. Listen, guys, um, I think ultimately, you know, I've always said I think Deontay Wilder is a dangerous puncher. Um, in regards to this fight, really, I am going to flip it back and say, who do you guys think is the underdog going into this fight? I think it's Tyson Fury. Clearly, Tyson Fury is mm-hmm. the underdog. Been out for a long, long time. You know, you can't really even take into account his last two fights. They're just, mm. just, just pointless fights. You know, look at the, st- the state that he was in. You can't mm. ha- be that out of shape, right? And drop so much weight and not think that it's going to have some kind of impact on you, right? And not only has he's not even he's not even warmed up at a domestic level, right? Mm. And he's yeah. now fighting the top heavyweight, in my opinion, besides Anthony Joshua, right? You know, putting everything to one, you know, putting everything to one side and just looking objectively like that, it doesn't look favorable favorably upon Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. You know, with something like this, you'd think something like experience would compensate for something like this. But yeah. again, he's got the probably one of the most inexperienced coaches, in my mm. opinion, yeah. Ben Davidson, right? Mm. You know, which probably explains the whole kind of Roach, uh, Fred so Roach coming into camp and stuff like that. So for and me, he's there at on the like night. That, he's going to be in the corner on the yeah, night. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So for me, this you know the odds seem stacked against Tyson Fury. But we've been what, there before. You know, as we've been there before with Klitschko, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, the way he's defeated his mental demons, the way he's combated his physical uh, issues, yeah. right, shows the mental strength of an incredibly strong-willed person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but saying that, you know, listening to Deontay Wilder this week, right, what he was saying is, well, what happened is Klitschko, with Klitschko, Fury got into Klitschko's mind, and that's not going to happen with Wilder. Mm. And, you know, with all due respect, yeah, he did beat Klitschko, but really Klitschko did nothing in that fight, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, I think going back to your original question, for me, clearly Fury is the underdog. Yeah, mm. and that raises a good point there about, um, you know, that inactivity at the elite level. When you step up to uh, this level, that caliber of heavyweight, the likes of Joshua Wilder or Tease, I mean, it's, pro- it's uh, proofs in the pudding, really. Um, you could say, contrary to that, that uh, Fury's the under um, Wilder's the underdog because he needs to have this breakout performance. I mean, the Ortiz fight was um, a fight where he showed a lot of heart, he showed a lot of grit, and he got off um, in, a, in a you know a dark a dark patch to come back and win that fight. But in terms of Fury, he's got the name, he's got the the mental um, background, um, you know, that sort of um, bit of s- s- proof in the, uh, you know, the agenda. So um, with that, having that, um, c- combating that um, disparity of 
uh, mental health and other commitments outside with the uh, governing bodies, the drug um, implications and stuff like that. I think you have to say that Fury is the underdog going into the fight because Wilder has had the momentum. He's had the regular fights against Brazil, Spilka, mm. Ortiz. So in terms of that, yeah. I think you kind of have to edge towards Wilder. Mm -hmm. But Fury is inactive and that has to be taken into consideration yeah. as well. And I mean, I think for, so for me, there was an interview, um, I think IFL done, I think, um, where uh, there was an interview with uh, John Fury and he was saying, you know, essentially, if this was a fit Fury, um, this wouldn't even be a 50-50 fight. And the reason it's a 50-50 fight is because of Tyson and Fury's situation. Um, but for me, I think, do, do, we think, do you think we're giving him the most credibility purely because um, of the fact that he's lost all that weight? He is in fighting shape. No matter what you may say about um, the way he's done it, he's in fighting condition. You're looking at his, his body now. He's probably going to be near the Klitschko sort of weight. For me, I just like, why? what is it about Fury? And we have to say it's his ability to talk. But also, we know that Wilder isn't the technically sound fighter that we that we really expect. Yeah. And I think that kind of makes it a little bit of a 50-50 in terms of either fighter has a chance. But, you know, ultimately, I am going with Wilder and I'll say why. But, you know, for me, this is going to be a really intriguing matchup because it's going to see where uh, Fury is. And I think it's harsh to also kind of write off the Klitschko fight as well because, you know... Nobody was expecting Fury to do anything, and he beat him. He went into his backyard, um, and he's beat him. So he's got form of being able to do this. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Um, I mean, for me, this fight is about reactions. Yeah. Right? If I, if I had to literally break it down, it'd be reaction time, right? Mm -hmm. Can Fury react quick enough to move away from Deontay Wilder's heavy punches? Or can Deontay Wilder react quick enough to catch Fury? Mm. Right, it's really that yeah. because if Wilder doesn't do that, he will get out of box by Fury, exactly. right? But then the question then boils down to Fury's fitness levels, yeah. right? Yeah. If Wilder piles under pressure for four, five, six rounds, and we know if he comes, keeps on coming forward, Fury will constantly have to circle, he'll, yeah. keep, he'll be circling, he'll be circling, he'll be going around, he's going to be on the back foot, mm -hmm. you know, he's going to keep out of range, right? What's going to happen after five or six rounds? Right, you know, and the thing is, yeah, his his hit fight, you know, fight in shape, right? But you can't detract from the fact, right? You know, that that would have had long term, you know, impact on mm. on someone's ability to operate at the elite level. Yeah. I mean, give you give, give an example, man. Look mm. at the Conor McGregor fight with Khabib, mm. right? Out for two years. I mean, the yeah. guy was destroyed, mm. right? Drinking three four weeks before having the fight. These things, these tiny yeah. things, especially at, at the elite at level, at the elite level, have an impact, man. Well, I remember <coughs> being at Vegas, right, mm. and I was having a cigarette, and Badu Jack walked past me, right, mm. and he kind of said to me, "Man, can you throw the cigarette away?" Because mm. the smoke was these guys they think at that, that level, level man yeah, that yeah. Is very true. yeah so imagine they're thinking about a bit of smoke mm. right how like dropping down from 25 stones down mm. to ages of seven or eight not eight stone drop mm. right you know i think you know he should have probably should have had another two three fights mm. uh, you know start off at domestic level then go mm. to european level then, yeah. and, i mean it's, i it's, mean that definitely would have been better and to sell it i think the other thing with fury though and this is i think why it's like his equalizer is we know that he's got great ability or, or, you know, the perception is he's really skillful. Also, the perception is he's actually a challenge to Deontay Wilder in terms of size, reach. So these are things where you say, well, actually, is Wilder going to be able to outbox Fury? I don't see that, no matter what. And I do see Fury outboxing him throughout the fight. I think the key thing for me is, and it might do Wilder a, a disservice, is, is his power. And when his power lands, even if it's on the arms, on the body shot, 
how will feel it react yeah, when it's I, 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 I just yeah. want to quickly cover on this technical aspect of Deontay Wilder. Mm. Yeah, because I was I picked out from Mike Costello and Steve Bunsey podcast. Yeah, mm. right. Deontay Wilder, he won the bronze uh, br- yeah, bronze exactly. medal at the Olympics. Okay, yes. the guy he, that beat him, mm. right, went on to defeat Alexander Usyk, mm. right. And then the guy that eventually won the Olympics, mm. subsequently, so the, the guy that eventually won, Gold. beat the guy that beat Usyk, yeah. right? And after the Olympics, in a, I think it was some kind of world championship, mm. Deontay Wilder beat that guy, okay. right? So, the, you know, they've got a saying, right? You've got to have grade to operate at that level. Exactly. At the you know, at amateur class, mm. right? If you're not technically sound, you cannot operate at that level. So I don't think we can just say Wilder's technically poor, man. I I I know that. I mean, he might not look right, but, you know, look at his fight with Bibain Stevern. The the first first fight. Exactly. He was pure technical boxing, right? He fought behind the jab and just outpointed Stevern over 12 rounds. I mean, remember Stevern, I think, was in hospital for about two months or so. So just to put, uh, put, you know, just, just to quickly just put everything on its head, right? What if Wilder tries to outbox Fury? Have you, has anyone considered that? No, but I think as well you've got to take into consideration um, is Wilder possibly hiding something that we haven't seen before when he's had opponents like um, Ortiz, he's had the opponents like um, Brazil, um, you know, Stavern. Stavern came in at least, you know, 25, possibly 25 kilos overweight. He was able to stand in the pocket, take shots on Wilder. And I think that suits Wilder to perfection because when he has a mover, he struggles. You've seen with Ortiz, mm. a mover when he's able to, you know, evade shots, you know, move at angles. You know, Wilder finds it hard to find the target. Mm. But against the lights of Spilker, against Stavern, where they're a bit more, you know, t- flat-footed. Type, yeah, flat-footed, tucked up in the pocket, he's able to tee off on him. And then I when mean, he lands, clearly, clearly to catch Fury, right, it's going to have to be, for me, it's going to have to be in the second half of the fight because yeah. to catch Fury, right, you know, get that kind of power off is obviously he has to plant his feet. That's what mm. he say. He's, he's got his feet so firmly planted that when he throws his punch, he literally takes off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if someone like Fury is constantly moving, he, he's not going to be able to plant himself, right? This is, what, this is why I said it comes back to reactions for me, right? So the second half of the fight, Fury is a bit tired, right? His reaction time is not going to be as quick. That's the only time he's going to catch him. If that doesn't happen, and in my opinion, if Fury is truly fit and to be fit over 12 rounds, I think he wins, and he wins quite comprehensively, in my mm. opinion. I think he will school Wilder, yeah. right? And you no, know, hopefully he does it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping Fury does yeah. this one, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, Tom, I'll let you go. You yeah, no, I was just going to ask, do you think possibly uh, what Fury, uh, throughout the 12-round distance, do you think he has the power to trouble Wilder at any stage of the fight? I'll be honest, no. Um, and I don't think, I think he can outbox him and potentially hurt him by, you know, keep landing jabs and then coming in with the odd big right. But I don't think Wilder is the type of boxer that will allow Fury to do that, if I'm being truthful as well. So I don't think he's got the power to hurt him. I think he's got the ability to outbox him. And that's kind of like the the, the real trump card for, for, for um, Fury. Um, you know, you were talking about how Wilder generates his power. He needs to be a bit planted into the ring, um, into wherever it is. I do think Fury's going to expose that um, and he's going to move around. Um, I was thinking about what game plan Wilder should employ. Um, and I think it has to be, or I, I would imagine, they're really only going to wait to knock him out later on in the fight. Yeah. Because whatever we say, this is a real test for Fury in terms of being able to go some distance at this level. At a guy that is also going to hunt you because the one thing with the Klitschko fight, for example, he didn't pressure. 
um, Fury as much. And I don't think he definitely didn't let his hands go as much. So Wilder, if he gets to the eighth, ninth round and he knows he's losing on the cards, anything can happen. And the other thing with Wilder is how many guys has he faced has he not knocked down? Yeah. Everybody. And I think he's it's... knocked down everybody that he's faced. So that just says to me, can, can Fury evade for a full 12 rounds I don't think so and I think as well Wilder's proved himself to box on the front foot you know Fury's going to back off he's going to try and get him onto the ropes then spin off him like he has done against Seferi um, in, and um, Pianetta in his last two fights but I think just wanted to raise one thing I was watching the Tristiction um, BT Sport documentary um, the other day and he was talking about how when Fury's backed onto the ropes and Wilder's coming forward, how he's able to kind of, you know, use that space, um, that close space, then to, you know, edge Wilder in and then move off. Um, but I think as well, it's going to play into Wilder's hands if he's able to uh, stamp his authority, box on the front foot, be aggressive, because Fury has been susceptible to, you know, letting his hands drop. And it is kind of his, his worst detriment, really, against that elite fighter that he hasn't had to... Um, you know, have a high guard. He's been dropping his hands low. But when Wilder does, because I think as well, when Wilder lands that right hand, it's, it tends to be sort of a looping one over the top. So um, whether or not Fury's able to, <coughs> at that split second, evade it, I'm not too sure. I think down the stretch when he gets tired, he's going to get a little bit more careless with his, his movement and the, the feet possibly could slow him up. Uh, whether or not, like we were saying about the 12-round distance, um, whether or not he's able to, maintain that upper body movement i'm not too sure and i think if he is starved of you know oxygen the way wilder is able to touch him on the shoulders and you know really drain his body throughout the fight particularly between the six and um nine round stage i think it could play into wilder's hands more and more just just one final point before we go to the next question when when fury was fighting klitschko right the one thing you know for me that i felt fury would win that fight was Klitschko had always fought people, some fighters smaller than him, mm. right? It was always hook, hook, a jab, jab, jab. If someone gets past the jab, hook. If they get past the hook, clinch, r- clinch right? Yeah. And I thought he won't be able to do that with Fury because Fury's bigger than him. Fury's got a bigger, bigger reach than him. You know, he can't do <coughs> it. And that's what happened. That surely for me is going to be another factor in this fight, exactly. right? You know, Fury, again, Wilder is facing someone that's bigger than him for the first time. When 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 has when has when has Wilder fought someone that's actually bigger than him? Exactly, yeah, right? Washington, Washington, you know, Brazil. He was, well, he didn't he didn't fight Brazil. Um, he uh, did, uh, oh Washington, yeah, sorry, Washington. Yeah, Washington yeah, um, yeah. But again, he outboxed him. Um, yeah, he out he, he he was getting outboxed. Sorry, mm. um, and then it was the equaliser. So I and this is what I mean with Fury. I don't think yeah he he can be totally written off because yeah I agree the size will play into this and the reason I say that is the ability to nick rounds yeah. do you see what I mean so if he can be very evasive actually by the 10th round if Wilder's not able to land a punch on him it's going to be disheartening for Wilder do you see what I mean and so, he could already be 9-10 rounds in the back <coughs> and you know, gone, so. you know you know, the yeah. two the two fights that I saw like draw you know confidence from is the Spilka fight mm. in Washington yeah. right and those guys you know they they, they, they were outboxing Wilder for yeah. long periods of the fight exactly. you know I mean, but everybody and, and, and so for you, I agree with you but most people do mm. that apart from Stiverin in both fights I would say even Ortiz fight Wilder mm. was getting outboxed yeah you know I think and then especially for the first three or four rounds and then he landed a right and then Ortiz was more or less saved by the bell and then Ortiz came back he was able to regroup and then he started taking the momentum, almost finished Wilder, 
and then Wilder came back. So I think it's kind of given that he's going to be the less technically gifted boxer. You know, in the at some point, right, that killer punch lets you down. You, mm. you can't go on and on and just rely on that one punch this power. And this just might be it, guys. Anyway, to the next question, right? The winner of this fight, does it solidify them as the number one heavyweight on the planet? No. I don't. I feel it's a fight where um, it's shown the best of fighting the best. Um, AJ's obviously waiting for that April 13th date, whether it be against a Miller, against a White. But I just think the last 12 to 18 months, the calibre of opponent that AJ's <coughs> faced, Klitschko, Takam after the... Um, Pulev, uh, yeah, I won't just, yeah, okay. I, I understand <laughs> that Wilder's, you know, he's got his, his chance. I'm not, I'm not rating really his CV group. even higher. Sorry, carry yeah, on. Yeah, so in yeah. terms of like, I think you base, uh, basing this, just in my opinion, off the uh, the caliber of opponent that AJ's faced, he's got the three uh, world title belts, and that kind of shows the proportion that he has over the uh, the heavyweight division. I'm not disputing that this fight could, um, you know, there is an argument to say that Wilder would be the number one heavyweight. He's got the coveted WBC belt. He will have faced a lineal heavyweight champion who hasn't lost his um, belts in the ring. So from that perspective, you can definitely argue that Wilder's the number one. But I think at the moment, um, in terms of the calibre of opponent and who AJ's faced back-to-back and consecutively unified the division, um, you'd have to say AJ at this uh, moment in time. And you, Coach? Yeah, you so... Um... I'll be, it for me it is a tough one. Um, I think I agree. The points that Tom made, I think you're right. You know, you just have to look at the belts that are being held and would say, well, actually, the number one heavyweight is Joshua. Um, but I just can't help but feel that this is a fight where two heavyweight boxes, boxers, which is the epitome of boxing in terms of the real like crowd drawer, yeah. um, are facing each other um, and are taking a risk in doing so. So Fury doesn't have to come back. Most people would say. He's mad to come back and face Wilder. So that shows the level that Wilder's at. And for Wilder, he doesn't have the CV to kind of say, to, to compare himself to Joshua in such a way he has the belt, but not the CV. So it's like, he's also taking a huge risk. And I just look at Joshua and I just feel, are you really taking a risk with Povetkin? Not in my opinion. Okay, Parker was a a, a, a belt, an opportunity to win a belt, but was it a huge risk? I would say no. Um and Takan, we know, 100% wasn't a risk. Um, and then I look at the performances alongside those fights and say, well, actually, was Joshua, you know, did the KO show continue that he referred to? And I didn't think it was in the same devastating fashion. No. So um, I think there's an argument to be had that actually this fight is going to produce the biggest world champion in heavyweight yeah. uh, division at the moment. Um, and I think they have the right to demand a 50-50 with Joshua. They might not get it. They will settle for 60-40. But I think whoever wins this fight can say, listen, I've, I've, I've taken on a, a big name here. Like, Joshua, what are you going to say about this? Yeah, now? no, I agree with that. I think the Takam fight um, was that stage where he'd, you know, he'd have the, the glory of beating Klitschko at Wembley and everyone expected him to produce. Against a, a calibre of opponent like Takam, you'd expect six, seven rounds. Which and he didn't produce the goods. He yeah. wasn't up to scratch. So then I think that performance then kind of was a bit... You know, he didn't. He he might have exerted a lot of energy in that camp. And he was preparing for Pulev. Pulev pulled out, so Takam was the replacement. But then, if you're looking, if you, a star-studded uh, performer like AJ, who's used to getting that explosive knockout, casual fans, wider boxing fans expect a brutal knockout. And when he's not producing it, then the criticism then becomes more apparent yeah. that he hasn't delivered up to the expectations. Yeah, but I mean, let's, let's just break this all down, right? So. Again, you know, the, the, the superstardom came from the Klitschko fight, okay? But let's break it down, right? Klitschko 
41-year-old guy mm-hmm. was out of the ring for two years, over, over two years. Prior to that, was dethroned by Tyson Fury, mm-hmm. you know, the man himself, the man who's fighting this weekend, right? And to be honest, right, Klitschko was a life and death fight for both of them, mm. right? If this was five, six years ago, or if they were matched evenly in terms of age or maybe five-year difference, I yeah. think Klitschko would have won comprehensively. Because he yes. was the better technically fighter on the night. Far better. The, the, yeah. the, the, his technical abilities what got him through all those rounds, mm. right? And it was basically AJ's youth that ultimately wow. got him the win, right? Um, th- then you look at Takam fight, you know, didn't stop him. And then you look at Chizora, the way Chizora stopped Takam, and what does that show, right? Parker, I mean, do you, if you really look at this objectively, is that a good win, right? What did Parker truly do? He won a vacant belt fighting Andy Ruiz. Yeah, and then if you look at his defensive, Kajanu, uh, who's fighting um, um, soon. Dubois, right? Dubois. Yeah. So if you're looking at that, I mean, Parker beating the likes <coughs> of Kajanu. Merely a sparring partner, yeah. you'd think, yeah. and going the twelve round distance. Can you really legitimise that? As I mean, a, don't get a me wrong, right? AJ is representing the UK, no doubt about that, right? You know, and then and then he fought um, Povetkin again. How Povetkin was entitled to 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 get that shot, especially at a time when that basically dethroned the negotiations with Deontay Wilder, yeah. a fight that most objective boxing fans would want, right? You know, you, look, you line it up like that. It's not really a star-studded uh, resume, right? Well, Wilder, of course, everyone you know criticizes his resume, but look, his full Ortiz, who's you know a lot of, in a lot of people's opinions, he's the three or third or fourth best heavyweight on the planet. Yeah. He's now fighting Tyson Fury, who's the Lillian heavyweight, yep. right? No so irrespective, right? You know, you can see the man is campaigning to fight the best heavyweights, and right? Taking massive risks and with take, it as well. Taking yeah. massive risks. After this fight, right, if we get this kind of fixed fee nonsense again from Matchroom and Eddie Hearn, mm. to me, that's a duck, yeah. right? After a fight of this, if Deontay Wilder comprehensively beats Fury mm. with a sickening knockout, yeah. especially early in the fight, yeah. Look, man, they've got to just have it equally, yes. right? You know, for, right, forget 50-50, but 60-40. You yeah. can't be doing this kind of fixed fee stuff because that is a blatant duck. Yeah. Come on, there's yeah. no doubt and about that. And at this that. level, I think from the business side, if Wilder was to get the early knockout, which I wouldn't be surprised at seeing either, um, then I think for me, um, yeah, it has to be 60, uh, it has to be 60-40. And I think, you know, they have to get away from this fixed fee and they have to realise this is now a global, global fight in a massive arena, which is um, Wembley. And I think also, you know, you're talking about the Joshua thing. I think the backstory, potentially, no matter what, it, whoever wins this fight, I think the backstory is going to start to affect him because this fight's going to take place. There will be a winner. Um, and then when they say, well, now what about Joshua? If Wilder wins, the first thing they will be bringing up is the offer. The offer. He asked for 50 mil. We made it 80 mil in a rematch to fight deal and they turned it down. Um, so I think for me, that's going to affect him slightly. But, you know, I really think we should get away from trying to talk about Joshua for now. Yeah. I think, you know, Hearn's done his best to try and downplay this fight. Um, I mean, I would even argue and say that's probably why he's made the white Chisora on the same day as the Warrington Frampton because this is the biggest fight of this year. You can see the promotion. I'm telling you, within the next couple of days, people are going to be tuning into this fight. People are going to be getting ready and say, what am I doing for Wilder versus Fury? And they're going to be on it. And um, I just hope we get a show to match that. Um, but what about the undercard, guys? I mean, what's your thoughts on some of the guys that are fighting on? I mean, it's a properly stacked card. We've got Joyce, we see Ortiz, yeah. 
uh, Jarrett Hurd, you know, um, what's, what, what, any of those guys you're looking forward to seeing? What do you think about, you know, Luis Ortiz in his fight? Yeah, I'm a massive fan of uh, Jarrett Hurd. I think <coughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing him against uh, the Charlos when it does uh, materialise. Um, but no, hats off to uh, Jason Wellborn for getting the uh, the shot at the uh, the unified titles, and especially since winning the the British, you know, beating uh, Tommy Langford twice. Um, why not? You know, hats off to him. Why not? He he gets his uh, his dream day in LA, mm. and uh, yeah, why not? I mean, Jarrett heard obviously the caliber, um, you know, amateur level, um, and now the fact that you know he's got such a imposing size on the division. A massive um, light middleweight coming boiling down from cruiserweight. It's ridiculous how he makes uh, 154 pounds. But I mean, if I were to summarise Jarrett Hurd, right? I mean, he's he's to me he's a weight bully, right? Yeah. I mean, let's let's just say it straight, man. Like you know, I don't know how the guy makes like middleweight. I mean, yeah, and bas- and basically what what happens? You see it, right? The guys that they have to keep him off of him, right? Austin Trout, people like that. Constantly having to use all their power to keep the guy off, and then they're exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Seven, eight rounds, they are exhausted, and he just takes him out. And the worst right? thing is, and, and like you look at the Lara fight and the Austin, it's like he's almost about to get knocked out. Heard looks like he, he's on his way out, and then somehow he just, like you said, the power, the way he just absorbed whatever they're throwing at him, and he just literally just rests his shot, his whole arms over their body. Um, yeah, it becomes a massive issue for them because the Lara fight, although it was an impressive win. It wasn't convincing. When I say impressive with the name on your resume, but it wasn't convincing with the performance. I don't know what you guys remember of that. Yeah, I don't think Hurd's the most uh, naturally gifted um, out of the, the, the bunch at 154 pounds. I just yeah. think, like Anam said, he seems to just you know swarm his opponents and yeah. s- starve them of any space, really. Mm, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, looking at Hurd's uh, physique, he's got mm-hmm. quite long arms. He doesn't really... You know, use his uh, attributes like his range. Um, you know, his distance. But he, what works for him, works for him. Mm. But I think when you're stepping up against the likes of Charla, who are very good inside fighters, they're able to get up on the inside, land uh, three, four combinations, and then execute their that those power punches to body and head. <coughs> I think Hurd's going to struggle because he's. I mean, the Laura fight epitomised that. Laura was able to get up close. Hurd had to kind of keep, you know, grabbing on. Um, imposing his size on the uh, the inside. But I think Charlo, I think, is going to have too much power for him. Um, but then it's kind of weighing up the attributes, the height, the reach, um, the length of Hurd against the more natural explosive power of uh, Charlo. But it's intriguing to see um, these fights materialise in uh, 2019. I do hope there is no barriers between um, the Charlo camp and the Hurd camp. I just want to see all four belts that we have done in uh, you know recent months with the other divisions. So. Yeah. What do you think about Anthony Yard? You interviewed uh, his trainer recently. You know, lions in the camp. Lions in the camp. Your view, your view, your views Literally are lions in the camp. Lions. Yeah, your view, your view was you know they shouldn't be rushed. But yeah. my my thought, my thought is, look, right, how much more time you know does Anthony Yard need? You know, if he's this so-called superstar, lions in the camp, as we say, like, at what point does he need to step up? Yeah. There's got to, you know, it's, at some point he's got to step up now, right? Even domestic level, come on. I mean, for me, this at the moment, this opportunity to fight on this card, I totally understand. Um, and I think, you know, he's going to come up against an unnamed um, opponent, somebody that, you know, we, we, we don't know who they are. Um, but I would say, um, you know, in my opinion, he's got to fight somebody big soon. Um, I think, you know, and this might sound a bit harsh, you know, and I respect the guy, 
But I think Frank Buglioni retiring, I think, epitomises why they were chasing that fight as opposed to the Callum Johnson and the other guy, um, Burton, Jose Burton. Burton yeah. Because I think those guys really are much more of a tricky customer for, 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 for him. Um, I think Buglioni is somebody that actually could have beat and then made a name for himself. Um, but for me, I think I like Yard, you know, I like Tunji. I think they're coming with something fresh. Um, I just think what we're going to see is, and or they should just admit that their lack of amateur experience isn't going to fare well for them in this division. Um, but I think he needs to go for a British title. So, I mean, this WBO belt that he claims, I mean, let's be real, what is it, you know, really? Yeah. It's a trinket. And I think one thing that Tunde alluded to in the interview we did together um, was the fact that he's not, as a manager of Tunde Jai, as the trainer, he's not letting all this outside influence of the media, of the uh, the fan base to dictate what their what path they're on. And sense. like you said there, with the lack of amateur pedigree, um, you know, these guys, Bivol, Baturbiev, uh, <coughs> they've had over 200 amateur fights. Yard has only had 26 fights as a pro and amateur. So, I mean, it's, um, it is that, that there is a gulp in class there. I'm not saying that, you know, Yard would be able to, uh, compete with the likes of Baturbiev Bivol at this stage there's no, nothing to say that in the next can he can months. he compete with the likes of Boetsy that's what I mean yeah I mean I, I quite he could ask these questions you know that's what I mean yeah. right he, he could very easily become the Deontay Wilder of the light heavyweight division yeah, I mean you know? that's a bit far but because I know what you mean in terms of his power but he needs to get a, and he needs an opportunity yeah I don't to mean about power I'm talking about general resume yeah. yeah, I mean, but he hasn't got a belt. I mean, I, and I don't see him the way he, they're behaving. I don't think they're even going to try to fight for a belt. Mm. See what I mean? So they're not going to be regarded, or he's. He, I don't. I can't see him really, if I'm being honest, the being regarded is, as a light heavyweight you know, champion. Boxing is a harsh game, right? You can push this story for so long, right? If they carry on do do the same thing for another year and a half, I think people that's it. People are going to get fed up, mate. Yeah, you know, fa- you know, the fans are going to move on. You know, yeah. there's going to be better people to follow. And I mean, and look, you're talking about that division, um, and we will come back to the Wilder fight, guys. Don't don't worry about that. Um, but also this weekend, which is a co slight of a co feature being um, shown out of Canada, is Stevenson versus Alexander Gavozic. And now this is a guy light heavyweight yards division. Um, in my opinion, I think this is a huge risk for Stevenson. Um, Gavodzic is, um, and I, keep, I know I'm going to butcher his name, but um, for me, I think he's got a lot of talent. One of those guys, and it's an interesting strategy from the Ukrainians. They have, they make them build up good um, amateur experience. He won bronze in the Olymp- London Olympics. Um, he's been focusing on his amateur career, refining his skills. Now he's a pro, 15, I think 12 knockouts. I think this is a massive opportunity for him to start pushing on um, in that division. Actually make a name for himself because he's come through. But would Yard fight Gavodzic? No chance. No. And no I mean, I don't, I don't personally know too much about Gavodzic. Um, I know is he part of the Usyk and Lomachenko uh, camp out in Ukraine? Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, not really. I, I mean, fifteen uh, wins, twelve knockouts um, is a very reputable um, record at the moment. But like we said, against like Yard, they're gonna, they're not gonna want to take those risks at world level. They're gonna have mm. to breach that gap between domestic and world level. But do they really want those guys that are up and coming? You know, ferocious punches. No. And even Boatsy, you know, I think he's highly skilled. But, you know, even for him to make a name in that mm. division is going to be really tough. Um, yeah. Let's 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 not forget to give a, a big shout out to previous Raps on TV guests. The fight from Saf, Saf London, the juggernaut, Joy Joyce, exactly. who's also fighting on the undercard. What did you guys make of that? <coughs> yeah. Um, How do you think his career is progressing and fighting over in the Big Bear, being trained by... Um, 
Abel Sanchez. Uh, Abel Sanchez. Yeah, I think it's uh, the split, obviously, with David Hay uh, was quite a shock to me. I thought, um, uh, you know, splitting with uh, Haymaker Promotions, he had been carried so well up until then. I mean, even from his debut um, right through to where he is now, I think the move to America to Big Bear is probably the right move at the right time. Um, he is going to get, you know, top-class sparring out there. Um, and I think he needs to just kind of not necessarily um, fight better guys, but have, you know, competitive fights where he's able to learn a bit more about himself, uh, use more technical ability as opposed to uh, just, you, you know, swarming uh, his opponents that he's kind of, well, his his size, he's been able to kind of bully his opponents, especially <coughs> on the uh, the small hall scene. Um on the Haymaker cards. So I think it's an interesting period for him uh, moving out to America, making that transition. So it'd be interesting to see how um, he he fares. I mean, there. for me, I mean, his opponent, and, and I hadn't obviously heard of the guy, and I see they're bigging it up. Um, it is weird with Joyce because you think to yourself, okay, he's slightly testing himself. You know, the guy's fighting, he's only lost twice. He's had a, quite a bunch of fights, uh, lost to Andy Ruiz Jr. Though, so you think, well, actually, how good is he really? Um, I think for me, Joyce has to impress on Saturday night. Um, and when I say impress, I think he needs to box for the first round at high pressure, try and show a bit of speed. And I think he has to take this guy out within the second or third <coughs> round. I think that's what he needs to do because what he's trying to do is playing catch up. I mean, I like him. He's a nice guy, but he is obviously an older uh, boxer. And you think to yourself, who can he fight? I mean, in the next 12 months, can you see him fighting Dillian White, Ortiz? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to mention the champions and maybe the lose of Wilder Fury. I mean, he's got to be start moving up and find at least the likes of like Takam. Huey Fury, even. You know, yeah, I don't really rate Huey Fury, but I mean, he's got to, yeah. you know, I mean, Huey Fury, that fight against Pulev was just awful, you know. I mean, it wasn't great, but you can see where he, what he's trying to do and then he got a massive injury, so that kind of deterred yeah. him. Um, but I think Huey Fury would. Would would ask a lot of questions of George. Yeah, I mean, I like the juggernaut. You know, I like yeah. the juggernaut. You know, I think, I think, I think he needs to. Next year, he's got to step you up. You know, yeah. maybe we'll go for a Takam. You know, go for a Chisora. I mean, he wanted to fight Chisora. I think they just couldn't raise enough capital to fight Chisora for what he wanted. Yeah. You know, after you know, if he fights those two and he does well, I think then he steps it up and moves on to the likes of people like Ortiz and then goes for his world title bid. Uh, I mean, Michael know? Hunter, who won on the weekend in yeah. Monaco, is a good yeah. fight for him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a good addition. Is to that the, the guy that fought the giant uh, Ustinov? Yes. Ustinov, yeah. yeah. He beat Ustinov, yeah. So yeah, that's another another card that was uh, yeah. last weekend. And I mean, Michael Hunter is a good addition to the heavy. I'm not saying he's of the calibre of Ortiz, Chisora. It makes competitive But it makes fights. it competitive. And I think that's the good thing about the heavyweight um, is that, you know, there's a potential for competitive fights um so just going back to the big one um what do you guys make of all these sort of like background documentaries so you've seen the all access shows um i think part two came out last weekend um obviously the part one the previous weekend i mean do you think it's shown a good insight into both of the lives of these guys and i'll start off by saying one of the things i really liked was the story from uh john fury Fury, uh, tyson's dad and he said you know when he was first born, he had a lot of difficulties. He was small in size, which is quite astounding now that he's about six foot nine. But yeah. he was saying, the reason I raised, I called him Tyson was because of the fighting attitude. And I was getting ready to call my second son Holyfield and the missus said no. So I like, I like the aspect because it showed the family side. It showed that, you know what, this is a history of fighting families. And I do think that plays its part into this fight. Um, but what do you guys think of the documentaries in general? Yeah, I mean, look, Fury... You know what the thing about this fight is? You got two huge personalities, yeah. right? 
Um, I mean, someone like Wilder is, is, is thinking of becoming an actor after after all of this, and he'll pull it off, right? You know, same thing with Tyson Fury. I mean, he doesn't need to sit there and think what to say. He just, you know, he just thinks naturally. He's, he's an orator. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat anything and very interested to hear what he's got to say <coughs> his story, you know. Highly emotional. His story is incredibly emotional, incredibly inspirational, oh. you know. Uh, I mean, the f- torment that he's gone through, the mental demons that he had to battle was astonishing, right? And he's a source of inspiration for a lot of people. And it's that, it's that battle that he's faced and the adversities that he's come through that I really want to see him pull it off and win, you know? Yeah. Because it, 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 it will be, you know, it will Amazing. be a signal for so many people. Like, there's lots of drown-trodden people out there. And for me, I think Tyson Fury represents that now, yeah. you know? And- and and I think that's a great element, and that's why I think this documentary has been good because I think they both represent something. Wilder's is more about what you do as a father when your daughter's sick and how you say to yourself, mm. "I need to provide for them. Mm. I'm going to do what it's taking." You go out and do one of the most probably dangerous sports going, yeah. um, and you better your craft and you get great achievements like the Olympic bronze medal and you acquire the WBC belt. And I think. You know, this for him is what is going to make him have that transition element into a crossover star. I'm not saying he deserves it more than Fury at all, but I think I like the way that's been portrayed in both of these documentaries. That like, you know, these are two honest, as you say, big personalities, ready to speak how they want, and they're going to clash. And actually, the fact that they're undefeated, um, that well, they're both going in with their O's, makes it a lot more intro- intriguing because then you're saying, why would Fury risk his O when he doesn't have to? Do you see what I mean? It's, I mean, yeah. if Fury wins, right, it, it is literally a Hollywood movie. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you cannot make this up, right? Guy, born, who's highly likely to die, somehow gets past that, survives, you know. He has nothing to lose in this fight. You know. He's beaten all those demons. You know, he's been, you know, he, 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 you know for years he was evaded by Klitschko, you know. After the second Chisora fight, he was mandatory for the... David A. You know. Exactly, you know, he got let down by David Hay multiple times, and then you know, ch- ch- challenge after challenge after challenge, you know, mandatory after mandatory after mandatory, he finally gets his opportunity to fight Klitschko, becomes undisputed, you know, forget the one belt that Deontay Wilder held, you know, he was literally, you know, he's the unified lineal heavyweight champion of the world, yeah, right, well. you know, and within. Within the next day, literally, he got, you know, the strip of the IBF belt, because I'm pretty sure there's another story behind that. Yep. You know, that's where our, our hero, hero got his belt from, you know. Uh, you know Glasgow, Charles Martin, Phantom yeah, Injury. Yeah, you yep. know, Phantom Injury, Charles Martin, $5 million, you know, Walk dressing up like Ali, God. you know, walking like down like Ali with a white robe and, you <laughs> know. <laughs> right. But I get you enough. Yeah. So get anyway, point. the point I'm trying to make is, you know, he you know he wins, he, he becomes heavyweight champion of the world, you know, immediately you can just feel like people trying to tear the guy down, they strip oh. him of his belt, the media turn on him, mm. you know, yeah, he made homophobic slurs, you know, he was on BBC Personality of the Year, they, you know, the public turned on him, yeah. pulled that, you know, pushed him off BBC mm. Sports Personality of the Year, he starts getting depressed, he balloons in weight, mm-hmm. starts taking cocaine, and he's all over the place. Yeah. And I think one thing as well, when you look back and all those <coughs> people that did ridicule, within the media, without mm-hmm. outside the media, who ridiculed Fury, was given that per- BBC personality role, yeah. they're probably going to look back now and think, well, uh, he's lost seven, eight stone in what? Yeah. A seven-month in a period? Year. In a year. And they're the, probably the ones that are going to be his first... Uh, yeah. Uh, point of credibility. Yeah. So well, it's kind of I don't see... think. See, I think I think Fury is the kind of you know he he is a man of credibility, mm. right? 
and 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 integrity, right? You know, I don't think that, that's why you see him with people like Good Morning. TV and stuff like that. I've not seen him do a deep interview with the BBC because mm. they were, for me, very much responsible for what happened the to him, sure. right? And you know what, man? Look, he faced some serious demons and mm. how he changed that round, mm. right, to be in this position again, yeah. right? I mean, if he pulls you off, it is remarkable. I mean, and you know what the funny thing is? Again, going back to the documentaries, they show you the behind the scenes of when he invaded the Wilder, the ring after the Wilder Spilker fight. Mm. And when you look at it, I don't know if you've seen any of this footage, you look at it, you can quite clearly see he was off his rocker. Yeah, he's off his rocker, yeah, The yeah. guys, he's rubbing his nose, like his mouth is, and you're like, wow. And I remember saying this guy was fucking drinking like a maniac and he was doing crazy things. So if you remember in the Euros, he went over to France when the Euros were held in yeah. um, 2016, I think. And, it's like buying rounds for whole bars. Like the, all the English football fans are out there just buying them rounds of drinks. It wasn't just um, buying them Nando's. Just well, buying exactly. them. <laughs> but I think, again, this is what makes him, and this is the persona or the personality element that has him able to walk through Manchester after one of his fights and about 2,000 are singing, people were singing his only one, Tyson Fury. Yeah. And I respect Joshua so much, but I don't know if he would do that. I'm not saying he wouldn't get that reaction, but I just want to see that. I want to see him just being able to walk freely and not worry about what contracts is going to be signed. But anyway, well, I think on. as well, uh, Joshua's more of a billboard star where you kind of 100%. walk through uh, London. If you saw him on the billboard, you're like, oh, that's AJ. But with Fury, he hasn't yes. really got that, um, not necessarily credibility, but within yeah. casual fan base, yeah. uh, people that see I him, he hasn't got the, the appearance. He doesn't have the commercial value of AJ, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but he does have, in my opinion, um, the, the fan base to match. And I would even argue when he, if he was to fight Joshua... I think Joshua would be not booed, so, so to speak, but I think a lot of the fans would be backing Fury. Um, and I, I think don't know, the, the man. I mean, like, if you, if, you, if you follow a lot of the Facebook boxing groups, right, mm -hmm. you know, I, I always find that, I would say 75 to 80% of the fans, right, they rip it into Fury still. Okay. Right? Still they're ripping into him. Okay. And, you know, every, everyone's just like AJ loving, you know. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a real fanboy culture we got. You know, mm. people have become fans of a fighter mm. and even a promotional outfit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People are now supporting promotional outfits rather than the sport, yeah. you know. Um, so that's, I'll that's be very surprised because you've got to bear in mind the kind of, I mean, Joshua is the media darling, mate. Mm. Right, Olympic gold medalist, mm. chiseled, right? <laughs> you know, six foot seven, Oiled right? Older, you know, battered Klitschko into the ground, right? I mean, he is, you know, he, he is the media darling. Look, and you can see Hugo Boss is sponsoring him, fucking Range Rover giving him like the top of the range, you know. Yeah, so I'm trying to say, yeah, you're not suddenly that's not going to change, is it? Yeah. You know, yeah, and I think I see you, I see what your point, but yeah, I'll be interested to see how that works out. Um, so, yeah, just uh, talking on uh, the fight, I see we've got a caller, so I'm going to open up the line, 012, 012, hello. How you doing? You good? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay, you are, mate. How's it going, Joe? It's Tom here. Hey, mate, you all right? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Good, yeah, sound, mate. Good, man. How you doing, Joe? You all right? It's an M. All right, Adam. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate, good. Like a meet and greet, this isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is a long time. I, mate, I see your custom made shorts on Connor Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, uh, I heard uh, Fowler's got a few uh, sponsored t shirts for you as well. I think he's sent them in the uh, in the post. Oh, boy, you're too nice to me. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, Joe, uh, back to the. 
Anyway, Joe, back to the boxing. Uh, just going to get your thoughts on the uh, the fight this weekend, and then uh, we're just going to ask you a few uh, other topics that have kind of circulated. But yeah, what's your uh, take yeah. on the whole promotion of Fury Wilder, and uh, what's your prediction for Saturday? To be honest, I've, I've not really caught up with it. I've been a bit tied up, so I've not really caught up with any of the build up, um, you know, the BT shows and stuff. But I am planning to do so this week. Um, not that any of it will change my like outlook on the fight or anything like that, but. Obviously, it's just good to get a bit of a buzz for it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but in terms of like a prediction, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think um, I think Fury will stop him. I don't think he'll chin him, but I think he'll just, you know, like when Wilder misses and he goes all off balance with his chin in the air and things, and I think Fury will, will take advantage of that, tie him up, lean on him, wrestle him, and generally really, you know, start to sap his energy, and then like down the stretch, I think he might put him away on his feet potentially. But I think. Um, Either the towel will come in or the ref might look to stop it. So with that um, prediction of a, a late stoppage, possibly, do you see, um, we were discussing yeah. it in the studio before uh, we opened the lines up, but um, do you see uh, Wilder being you know, troubled by any of uh, Fury's power? Do you think Fury contains power that could possibly give him a bit of trouble uh, during the early rounds uh, going into the mid uh, phase of the fight? Yeah, well, I think I think Fury might have to overcome a couple of tricky patches. Maybe I don't not sure whether or not he'll get dropped, but I think he might get wobbled a couple of times. Um, obviously, wait and see. But I don't I don't think Fury's got the power to, to to hurt Wilder as such. But I just think Wilder's only fifteen stone, and if if he falls off balance or squares up and he gets clipped on the chin by a bloke who's near a nineteen stone, he's gonna feel it, isn't he? And especially if he's fatigued and stuff down the stretch. And like I say, that's where I think the ref might think, "Well, I've seen too much here." Do you know what I mean? Like I, I honestly believe if Wilder came to me with his chin in the air like that, and I give him a clip, I'd probably shake his legs a bit. I think most people would. Yeah. Can but, you? Can, um, do you? Do you think? Seems to... Do you think Fury can avoid Wilder for twelve rounds? No. No, I don't know. I said, okay. like, that's what I mean, mate. I think he's going to have to overcome a couple of tricky patches, but I, I actually don't think Wilder's good enough. No, so Joe, Joe, Joe. When I say avoiding for word. twelve rounds, I'm saying, will he get knocked out? You saying no. No, I don't think he will. Okay, so you, see, you you reckon what Fury would just completely make him miss for twelve rounds, yeah? Uh, I think there'll be times when he does have to when he does have to go in the pocket with him and things, um, and like I say, shift a bit of punishment, and he might have to overcome a tricky spell. But I mean, I in the pocket, I mean, in, I mean, in the pocket, I think right, I I, I think if they find the pocket, Fury will have an advantage over Wilder, man, because he's going to be so, so much bigger, that's what, that's, that's what I'm so saying, much bigger. Yeah, man, exactly. You know, not only height-wise, but in terms of weight. So I think, what you know, Wilder ain't going to want to fight him in the pocket, mate. You know, he's going to try to yeah. keep it kind of like medium range and try and knock him out, you know. So I think, you know, there's lots of... You know, the yeah, only yeah. disadvantage I think that Fury's got is the long layoff, the dropping weight, the drug habit, and, you know, something that we haven't yeah. really covered is the inexperienced coaching, you know. What effect do you think yeah, sure. not having an experienced coach will have on this fight? Do you know what? When it first got announced, I think I think I might have tweeted it at the time or something, but I'd be I'd be a lot more confident picking Fury had Peter been in his corner. Um yep. just because of like the family thing and, and he gets him fired up and all that sort of thing. But I don't know, like he, he said he needed the change and I don't know about you but everything I've seen of Fury in the gym and things you've heard, he looks like he's on fire and I don't know, you just can't you know when he talks he's just so captivating and you look at the weight he's shifting and everything, they just I can't see past him. There's just something he like this like energy radiates from him, do you know what I mean? When you're watching him and things. 
Yeah. I mean, I would absolutely love it. You know, I mean, for me, it's just such a kind of, um, you know, someone who's down and just down and out and just, you know, just comes back. back. It's rising just an amazing Phoenix. story. Rising from the flames, the you know. Rising of the Phoenix, exactly. So listen, Joe, we're yeah. going to move on to the next corner. But I appreciate that. Um, appreciate your opinion um, and calling in. Um, yeah. And log hopefully... It. We... Log it, mate. Fury stoppage. Yeah, we've got it <laughs> logged, mate. Um, and hopefully next week you'll call in uh, once the fight's done. All right, yes. take it easy, mate. With take a bit, it easy, with a bit more money in my bank and I've got a bet on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> that oh, next week. Take it easy. Rounds on you. All right, take see it easy, mate. Guys. Cheers, see you later. Cheers, take thanks care. for calling in. Cheers, thanks. Going out to 985. 985. Hello? How are we doing, fellas? Yes. Yes. Oh. Mr. Appiah. Mr. Appiah. Dan, you know what I want to hear, man? I want to hear that woof, woof. Come on. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> Oh, let's fucking have it then. Come on. <laughs> there you go. President Appiah is in the house. <coughs> so what's going That's on? It. So what's, 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 what's on your mind, mate? Big weekend taking place, this, uh, this big fight this weekend? Yes. Uh, massive fight. Really looking forward to it. Um, I can only see one winner, gentlemen. Only one winner this weekend. Yeah, yeah who's and that? who's that? Tyson Fury. Get in. Why is that? Um, I'm just going for his style, the way the way he fights. Um, I just think I just think he'll be just too much for Deontay Wilder. He's a good fighter himself, but I think um, Fury's just too much of a match for him. Moves well, moves well for a big man. Uh, I just think he'll outbox him on the night. To be fair. Um, yeah, and I think I think Tyson Fury will win on point. If Fury beats him, presumably Wilder's yeah. going to go for his rematch clause because without that belt, he's not going to get that fight with Joshua, is he? Let's be real. Oh, he's not going to get it for a substantial amount of money. I think that's the real point. I think he will. He could get the fight, but not for anything. I think he'll probably get fifteen million, maybe. Mm. If that, I don't know, Daniel. What do you think? Um. I think whoever wins this fight should fight Joshua, to be honest with you. And um, Tyson Fury wins. I'd like to see him fight Joshua. And um, I think he beats Joshua as well, but that's, that's for later on. But for Saturday, I can only, to be honest with you, gents, I can only see one winner. I can't see past Tyson Fury. Okay. Yeah. All right. No worries, Daniel. Thank you very much for calling in. Look forward to um, seeing see the fight this weekend and um, getting your uh, feedback next week. Um, so th thanks for calling in. All right. Cheers. Thanks. thanks Moving Dan. on to the next caller. Uh, four one nine. Uh, four one nine. Hello. Now the lad. How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. Is that Paul Olsai? Hey. Is that Paul? No, no. It's Craig. Oh, how you doing, Craig? How's everything going? I'm all right. I... Is it new caller? Is that so... new caller? We've got a new caller in the building. Yeah, a new... Have new, you... new caller, aye. So Brilliant. everyone's on about Fury not having this knockout power. But let's not forget, he knocked out 26 amateurs and 21 professionals, a lot of who were bigger than Wilder. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's true. Do you want to uh, do you want to allude on sort of because we were discussing the studio, Craig, um, before uh, we went on camera, talking about whether Fury does carry enough power to um, disrupt Wilder to be able to impose himself. Obviously, six foot nine stature. Um, Wilder's never faced someone of that um, height and uh, reach and elusiveness. Do you think, in terms of taking all the the mobility away from it? Do you think uh, Fury can cause him uh, any trouble with that power? It, it'll cause him massive amounts of trouble, I think. I think the early rounds, they'll stand off each other. Um, Fury will drain Wilder's energy from him and then start landing power shots from the 6th or 7th. And with Wilder's ridiculously open guard, I think he could end up in trouble. See, Craig, I, I sort of um, adhere to that point as well. And the reason I think, I think you might not be power, I think it's the size disparity between the two, right? You know, I mean, I, 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 would, think, I would think Fury would be at least one or two stones heavier yeah. than Wilder on the night itself, you know. And that kind of weight difference, right, when it lands on you, right, and it lands on you with good technique, you know, it will have a serious impact. I mean, if, if Fury wants to go for it and hurt Wilder, I think he's more than <coughs> capable of hurting Wilder. There's no doubt about that, you know. Fury is going to be nearly four stone heavier than Wilder. Four stones, there you go. Like, can you? I mean, just imagine that, mate. Four stone extra weight coming landing on your chin with mean intent. It could happen, you know. What, what's the chances, Craig? What do you think is going to happen? Is it going to be a knockout win or a points win for Fury? I'd, I'd say it is 75-25 in favour of Fury because Fury can outbox Wilder easily. And he can bang as well, where all all Wilder can do is bang. He's not going to outbox Fury. So, so Wilder has the puncher's chance still. Yeah. He's, he's still got a chance. Not going to write the man off completely. But Wilder's other claim is he's put every person to sleep. Well, that's not true. I've watched every single one of his professional fights. And although he's ended the fights, a lot of them have been referee stoppages and the people are still awake. And I think Fury will be more durable than most of them people. So, I mean, do you think, you know, the fact that Fury's been out for such a long time, you know, two years and, you know, the dropping in so much weight, do you think that's going to impact his punch resistance at all? No. He's, because Fury's a natural fighter, he was, was born to fight, if you like. Some people just have it. That's the fact. Some people are just born fighters. They have it in the heart. And I, I don't think it'll affect resistance. Whether whether it affects stamina or not, and I don't know. But in terms of um, how resilient Fury will be to, to the onslaught, I don't think it'll have a major effect on him. Craig, thank you very much for calling. Where are you calling in from, mate? Um, near Sunderland. Oh, nice. So listen, mate, uh, thank you for calling in, Craig. Um, I won't be calling next week uh, once the fight's over, um, whether your prediction is right or wrong. But I appreciate the support. Um, thanks again as we move on to the next caller. Big thank up you. the North East. Big up. So no, we're no. moving on to 081. 081, the floor is yours. Hello. What's going on, lads? Nicholas here. Uh, How's it going, Nicholas? How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm all right, man. How are you guys doing? Good? We're, we're, we are very good, Nicholas. Um, very disappointed in a couple of your friends not dialing in. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's, it's easy to talk back while texting, but you know, texting is one thing. When bit. it's live and you can't Google, it's, it's, it's something else. Yeah, keyboard, yeah. Keyboard gangsters. Yeah. Keyboard warriors. Keyboard. That's what you call a keyboard warrior. 
Man, I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm very intrigued. Um, obviously, you know, because one is such a good box and the other one is a knockout artist. So, I, um, you think maybe, you know what, if Fury can avoid a <laughs> knockout punch, he may just win it by points, which makes it very interesting. But is he really going to avoid those heavy blows for 12 rounds? It's a tricky one. So, me, like, um, my prediction, I think, is going to be very similar to the Ortiz fight. Uh, Fury's probably going to win a lot of the earlier rounds. And it's probably going to be winning by points. But as we get to the later rounds, I think uh, as it starts to slow down, uh, Wilder's quite, he's a, he's a very fit guy. I think he's going to start landing. And probably around between the seventh and the ninth round, he'll probably take him out. That's my prediction. And uh, Nicholas, I just can't uh, see. I just can't see Fury ducking and ducking and punching for twelve rounds. Yeah, cleanly. Do you think that level of intensity throughout the uh, twelve round distance is gonna cause uh, Fury? Do you think he's gonna have to go through dark patches in the fight? We know Wilder carries that um, explosive. I mean, unprecedented power, um, and he's proven it yeah. at the elite level. Do you think Fury's gonna have to ride the wave in this fight if he is gonna cruise to yeah. uh, a points victory? He has to. He has to. Yeah, he's definitely going to be slowing down. It's uh, definitely going to be... Gonna, some punches are going to land. So for him to win this, he definitely, for a couple of rounds, is going to have to ride the wave, uh, just absorb a few punches, you know, if he can, and just, you know, fight, fight off the ropes, basically, and try, trying to get Wada to tie out a little bit and then go back on the attack eventually. But, but man, if, 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 uh, if, if someone like Steve Cunningham, right, can catch Fury. Yeah. That guy, that other guy I think is Nevin, right? For some guy called Nevin or Nevan, right? Early on his career, yeah. that guy dropped him. And of course, Fury nearly dropped himself, right? If that can happen, then, you know, I think we can say with some reasonable comfort that Wilder is probably going to catch him at once some stage. You know, the question is, yeah. you know, at this stage, you know, with, <laughs> if, if, if what our previous caller Craig was saying, with the four stone weight advantage, right? Would that be able to soak up that kind of, you know, punching power? You know, yeah. would be interesting to see on the night. I mean, I, and I wouldn't. One thing I would say, and it is true what he was saying, but what we have to remember with weights is, you know, you look at Ortiz. You would argue that Ortiz was probably about four or five stone heavier than when Wilder, because I think he came in probably his lightest to date. Um, and uh -huh. yeah, what yeah, happened there? So it is true. Weight can play its part. I think for me, the key thing with Fury is the weight and the height. So I think that ability to clinch, um, especially when he's just stealing the rounds in terms of jabbing, jabbing, moving, holding him, I think that's going to play mm. well for Fury as well. I mean, there's no way, right, Wilder can fight um, Fury close up or in the pocket. That That's just not going to work, right? I'm very surprised. Right, that's yeah. just not going to happen, right? Um, yeah, yeah. At, at, long, like at, at long range, Wilder can't fight him because Wilder's got, I think, Fury's just not only because of his longer reach, but his technical ability, so Wilder can't catch him. So for me... Wilder can only beat Fury at one range, and that's medium range, right? And that will come by trying to knock him out. So, I mean, Fury's a smart guy. All he has to do <coughs> is just focus on, for me, if he just maintains the range, he wins. See, you know? for me, I think I, the one thing where I'm a bit intrigued about the pocket is 
if it's a, if Wilder hunts and it's the aggression that Wilder brings to this ring that is going to be interesting because Fury's probably one of the tallest opponents he's faced. He's probably just a few tall guys, but he's the tallest one. Um, is he going to be able to move forward in you know in, 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 with his feet intact? And when I say that, is it going to be smooth? Is it going to be silky? And that's where I see the doubts. Um, but I also see him with his speed, you know, when he's been doing these little crazy things in his little pad work, uh, workout. I see him just steaming him at certain points in the yeah. fight. And it's whether, and again, that game plan yeah. is later on in the fight, yeah. lose the he rounds. He does, does ridiculous things where he almost like runs with the yeah. punch. Like he's running but, towards you with the punch, spins, you know. Exactly, yeah, he sprints towards you. It's awkward. And that's the key thing about both of these guys. They're both awkward fighters. Um, and I think Deontay Wilder's awkwardness plus his power and yes, the fury yeah. inactivity. But don't forget, right? Is what is going to help him. When you're rushing in like that, mm. right? You're rushing in mm-hmm. and you've got a man who's got four stone weight advantage over mm. you, bit of good technique, Bang! You can pick, you can pick him off. Easily go yeah. down, mate. I, I, you know? I mean, I don't know about the going down, but it, we're, we're going to soon find yeah, out yeah, yeah. that way. But I think he can easily pick him off. Um, I just think it's that later round when Wilder, you know, we've seen he can keep that intensity going. Um, it's how how how, yeah. how Fury reacts. But but listen, Nicholas, thank you for calling in. Um, look forward to hearing no problem, your uh, well, getting your views next week once this fight has has taken place. But enjoy the weekend. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, you too, you too, guys. Have a nice one, guys. Cheers, thank you. So yeah, so um, so that's the that's the votes from the call. So guys, let's do a roundup, a round robin of our own uh, predictions. Uh, Tom, I'm gonna start with you. Put you on the spot, on the spot, mate. I'm gonna go for a fury, close points victory. Okay, you know. I want to go for a fury win. Da, 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 da. And I'm gonna go for. A knockout, man. Fury knockout. Fury knockout. There you go. Without a doubt, I I will say I started picking Fury, but for me, I just don't see Fury being able to take any of the power later on in the round. I'm going uh, later on in the fight. Sorry, I'm going for a Wilder uh, stoppage um, and uh, looking forward to it. uh, The whole card as a whole. But yeah, I think for me, Wilder's just going to be able to show that edge. He's got that speed. um, He's got that agility. um, And I think Fury is probably... He's taking this fight a bit too soon, but showing, showing big balls in the same time. Yep. So listen, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Um, a few of you would have heard Inam talk about the fact that we're moving to the next level, boys. What would you say? The next level. Um, we are now live streaming on YouTube, so make sure you go and check this out um, after you listen to this podcast. So if you don't want to download it on iTunes, you can also go into our YouTube channel. Please help us get some more subscribers, more likes and more moolah. Um, so guys we're going to wrap up um, but guys we want to shout out the social medias yeah just one thing before we shout out the social medias just want to wish Frank Buglioni a happy retirement best wishes a great career and a a great servant to the sport Uh, for our social media make sure you follow us on at Raps on TV Twitter Raps on TV Boxing News on Facebook and across um, those Facebook groups that uh, we've been touching on and especially on our Instagram page uh, at Raps on TV, all lowercase. And uh, we're going to try and get all this visual content shared across our social media platforms and keep you guys posted with the biggest news in uh, boxing. Yeah, and I just want to give my commiserations to Jeff and Barry. Um, you just just didn't dial in today, you know. Hopefully next week they they come in. It's hard being a keyboard warrior. It's hard being a keyboard warrior, man. I know I know you want to bond with your son and that. Sometimes he's gonna dial in, man. <laughs> but all banter, all banter. Um, so, guys, listen. Thank you again, um, and keep supporting. And we're looking forward to what we uh, look forward to what we're doing in the future. 
Bomb Squad! And I'm Bomb Squad! There's only one Tyson Fury! We're going against our predictions now. <laughs> oh man, I was hoping you say Bomb Squad because I've done the Eddie Hearn thing. Like, and no one fucking knows you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>